Thank you. I thought Hannah and Courtney did an absolute fa- um, fantastic job yesterday. It was it was really really good stuff on how to pick good friends and what qualities to look for in them and what qualities to look for in people that are not the type of people we want to have it as our closest friends. We may still have them as extended friends, but not our closest friends that actually shape us and influence us. Uh, so it was great stuff. Hey, just zipping through, we're going to do the panel in a couple of minutes, uh, but just as we zip through, um, you will have grabbed a handout uh, as you came in the door, no doubt. Um, so there's uh, information around, We there's a food bank um, We've, we run a church food bank that you'll know about, and at the moment we're gathering stuff up for Tahahe. So if you have uh, food that you want to bring and donate to the food bank, we will use that for Tahahe, as well as for other uh, welfare kind of issues that come up um, from time to time. Uh, there's a prayer calendar out. You can grab that at the hub. There is Operation Christmas Child is going. There is Shine information in that brochure. So um Grab that brochure, read your emails through the week because we try and do our very best to keep you up with everything that's happening, uh, the latest sort of things, just so you're up to the moment with um, all the goss on that. So that's great. Now, we're going to move into the uh, panel now. And so the the panel, I've been um, thinking about this for a little while and I've been kind of um, watching with interest, all that's been happening in the world and and uh, in New Zealand around COVID and stuff like that. And, and one of the things that has really uh, made me stop and really think is a number of friends of mine that's, that have really always been, I think I might have shared this before, but they've been really solid in their faith and really hot for Jesus. But it just seems to me like they've got distracted in some of these day-to-day issues. Now, they're real issues. I'm not saying they're not real issues. But they've allowed themselves to be to look around and they've noticed that they're out on the boat, out on the boat, in the waves, walking with Jesus, and they've noticed that the wind is swirling around them and there's big waves. And they've allowed themselves to become distracted by that. So... I thought it would be really good uh, to have a panel discussion and talk about how we navigate our way when we're confronted with all the stuff that's going on. New, I mean, there's new terminologies. There's, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, there's a new word we use that people are bandying around called woke, wokeness. Woke. Sometimes it's used to accuse people of certain things and... Um, you know, there's uh, all kinds of issues that people are uh, getting behind and pushing and all kinds of agendas. And obviously we have a media that, well, the media wants to be, be successful, so it generates more news. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the worse the news, the better the news. That's the old saying, eh? The more negative, the better the news. Uh, so it's in the interest to stir up news constantly. Um, not a bad thing. I mean, we need to know what's going on, but uh, but it can create noise um, that that kind of distracts or just makes us feel like there's a whole lot of stuff going on. So I thought it'd be really good to have a panel to discuss how we operate and how we manage our way with this kind of environment going on. And and uh, it's, it's I just find it fascinating. 
So I want to introduce the panel. So the very first panel member is Charmaine Rickaby. So thanks, Matt. Shall I use this one? This one. Do you like this one? This one. Do you like this one or this one? Or this both. Okay, I'll talk like this. I can eat two ice creams the whole time. Uh, sorry, sound man. I'm been a nightmare for you. Uh, I'll pop that there. Come on up, Charmaine. You can grab a seat. I won't embarrass you with a big long introduction, but Charmaine, I just think, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and so, obviously, she gets to take seat number two. Kathy <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, would you come up, please? You're good. Okie dokie. Trevor, it wouldn't be complete without Trevor sitting up here. So how about you? you? You didn't make it to camp, so you can make it to panel. How's that? How about you? Come on up. <laughs> and Aaron and Anna, I thought would be absolutely fantastic. We could have had Aaron or Anna, but I think these two as a couple, are something special. And I think, I think as they operate together as a couple, I think that's something powerful. Um, so I was thinking about this, um, these people. Now, I don't want to go through and embarrass them, but collectively they have spoken at numerous um, national kind of rallies, uh, Youth for Christ rallies, uh, church services. They uh, have been senior pastors, some of them. They have run alpha groups and new believers groups and continue to run new uh, our new um, person uh, groups. They are um, counsellors and uh, have been youth pastors and um, young adults kind of pastors and uh, and are all very busy and very passionate about God. Uh, so collectively, they've, they've, they have a lot of experience. So I thought that we could have a little chat. How does that sound? Good. Good. Now... There we go. We're good. Hey, so welcome. How are we doing? We good? That's good. It's been a nice day today, I think. Nice weather outside. Nice weather. You always start when you talk to people with kind of, you know, even Jesus did this, didn't he, at times. So I thought we could, rather than than me ask um, silly warm-up questions, I thought let's just delve straight into it. So, So we're talking about the whole, how do you operate as people with all, like you turn the news on and it's almost like we're just bombarded with this is happening and that's happening and there's homelessness and there's, and there's houselessness if you don't own a house. There's all this concern about inflation's going up and you know all these things. How do you guys 
navigate and how do you uh, how do you kind of um, manage that on a day to day basis? Do you think it's getting worse? Well, one um, really simple thing that I would say is that I actually don't uh, follow it too closely. Um, So I don't actually watch the news. I don't read um, stuff or New Zealand Herald or um, those kinds of things. Um, Obviously, if there's something really important happening, then I might check in. But um, yeah, as a general rule, I don't follow the news. Um, the question as to is it getting worse though um, probably would the answer would be yes uh, the number of things and issues and fucks um, at the moment the thing ways in which our age is changing the way in which um, multiple challenges are piling up at the same time um, I haven't lived through a pandemic before that has incapacitated the world I haven't um, lived through the change um, to the network age that we're moving into before and um, I grew up with a certain kind of values which are on the way out and um, that's something new to me also so there is uh, certainly the pressure and the um, invitation to um, consider issues and worry and sort of stuff is a greater and a bigger pressure that I would say. I thought the panel was about something else so I haven't really thought about it but um, (laughs) but um, a little bit like Anna, I don't, I don't read much and I think that there's um, so much media out there today on so many levels that it's easy to be bombarded if you want to be. But if you remove yourself from the rubbish, you're not so much kind of inflicted by it. But, um, and uh, yes, it is getting... I assume it's getting worse um, because we have it's so much more available to us what's happening, you know. I mean, it could have been bad 100 years ago, but we... We didn't hear about it like we do today. I mean, the, the information kind of travels so much quicker, you know. And I really agree with what the panels have said, is that we can choose how much we find out because we are in a technological world um, and there is so much. We can get it so much quicker. You know, we have so many voices. There's different ways we can find the voices. And so we do... You know, we have to be very wise, extremely wise in this day and age because there's so much. And I came across a quote recently and it just made me understand the world we are now in. And it has changed. You know, 100 years ago, even 20 years ago, as Aaron said, how we were brought up and the different generations. And this came from a... um, I work in the agricultural chemicals um, sphere, and it was just in one of our um, industry documents that just came out. And so it didn't come from a Christian perspective that I know of. And this guy summed it up, and I, I can't read it. It says, we are in a post-truth era. And I thought, yes, understand where we, what we're living in. We live in a post-truth era. So what we hear realise is not likely often to be true. So just understand, that's how we live. So start with that as a foundation. And it said, so opinions and emotions have more influence 
at all levels. So I think, yes, we get more information, but it's coming on a very different slant. It's coming emotionally. It's coming as opinions. And most of the time, it's not truth. So understand the world we live in and take that sort of as a a foundation to, I suppose, filter what you read. I'm in two minds really in the sense of is it getting worse I, I think because we have so much information we hear about a lot of things but I think the heart of man has always been pretty evil and you only have to read the Bible to see there must have been some other times in history that were absolutely horrendous like when you had the fall of the Roman Empire when you had the world wars and I'm sure people must have felt it was just as severe as what we're facing as a pandemic so I think humankind kind of cycles. I think it's true we need to be aware of the age we're in, um, the mindsets that people have, the way that they are being taught, what they look at as truth. But I think as far as evil or horror or whatever, I think we've been here before. And I think scripture's really clear about some of the things that mankind has had to face and the ways that they've, they've walked through it. Anna and Trevor, you both said you limit um, how much access you have. Um, how do you guys keep up? Like, how do you find you keep up with everything um, with that in mind? Do you just do it once a day or...? Um, well, I, I guess I just hear... You hear the important things from other... Like, from people that you trust. So, I mean, Aaron doesn't consume a copious amount of me, um, media either, but... Um, if there was something important that he knew was happening, he would tell me. Or, um, yeah, I don't know. You, you definitely hear about it if something important's happening. Um, but personally, I just find that not reading all the things is, um, one, a good time saver, and two, um, <laughs> it just protects you mentally, I think. Like, it just um, limits getting anxious and, um, yeah, it's more freeing, I think. Well, was a question? So, How do you keep up? How do I keep up? Well, I, I mean, I listen to Mike Hoskins. No, no, no just joking. Just joking. No. I, I mean, I think I listen. If something important is there, I, I pick up on it, you know. But there's so much, obviously, there's so much rubbish out there. And most of it is just kind of, what do you call What's that word? No, trivial, um, yeah, it's rubbish. Oh, that was the word, yeah. Um, but most of it is, and I think you've just got to filter it, really. And, um, I mean, obviously, for, in terms of media, I, I often, you know, hook on to Al Jazeera or something like that yeah. if I'm wanting to. But that's as, if I wasn't a Christian, that would be just as depressing, you know, with some of the stuff globally. But I really just filter it, you know. So do you guys use any other techniques um, on a day-by-day basis um, other than just limiting how much you access? Um, in fact, you're talking about limiting access. I, I think you and I, were tr- through the week, Trevor, were talking about 
uh, I remember when I was a kid, we had the mighty evening standard or the man or two standard when I was a kid. And, and you had to wait till I think it arrived around five o'clock at night. And you had to wait then to find out what the news was. And then you read it and that was done. And then, you, then five, five the next night, didn't come out on Sunday. So you had a break from all the news. Um, but it is interesting because you can, I, I do know that people, that people can fall into the trap and there are periods where, you know, where things are happening and you're almost checking, you know, like COVID early early on, you're almost checking three, four times a day trying to keep up with what's going on. And um, so... When I say filter, I mean, you've got to filter it through the right means. And when I was younger, I remember a guy teaching us in terms of our training, um, or read the Bible in one read the Bible in one hand and he Don Post and the other. Yeah. And so when you when you listen to the news, or it's not the Don Post now, I know, but yeah. that shows you how long ago it was. But it, when you're reading it or hearing the news, you're filtering it through what you understand Scripture is saying about our times mm. and about how we're supposed to live, mm. and even about how we're suppo- what we're supposed to listen to and take on board. You know. Mm. Mm. Any other thoughts around that? Um, something that I do as like a personal um, thing, if you think about the pandemic, for example, or um, other issues, is that I will do like a really deep sort of intensive research about it um, at one point, um, maybe for a couple of weeks. I'll go right into it, um, get a different like a smattering of voices, um, who, sort of try to figure out who the experts are, that sort of thing. Um, but I only do that um, just for a little bit, for a couple of weeks, and then kind of go, all right, I've got sort of a broad sketch of that, and I don't need to um, have that living in my head all of the time. Are there people that you talk to um, around issues or anything that you would go to for advice or to um, kind of balance out some of the stuff that's coming out? Have you ever done that? No? Yeah? I go to Aaron. Yeah? <laughs> it's good. Well, he's done the research. So you can... He's, yeah, that's very good. I go to Trevor. Yeah. I go to Aaron. <laughs> oh, you go to Aaron. Yeah. I've got extremely so. reasonable fees, if you want to come to that. I think sometimes it does help going to someone to voice it and get a sounding board. Um, and some, that's just sometimes the way different people work and that's the way I work. I actually work better sometimes to voice it and that then helps me process it and then get a, a feedback, you know, am I on the right track or am I, you know, really going off on a tangent? So, yeah, I suppose I use, you know, my husband, but you know there are people and friends that I think it's really important sometimes that we voice it and then it gets it out of our head. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do that, but um, often I will yell at God about it for a while, <laughs> somewhere on my own, <laughs> um, to try and actually process it through and to admit what's concerning me, I guess. Um, and what I'm confused about and where I feel like he might or might not be in it and try and come to a place of sort of peace and rest over it. 
I'm in a different position probably than some people here is because I have to know about some of the things going on um, because that's my job. I work as a nurse and so we need to be aware of what's happening and where we're at and what we need to be doing for people and also how to help people with their concerns and issues and reassure, etc. Yeah. So you can't always get away from it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sort of... I, it's interesting with the filtering. I, I don't kind of... I probably do filter, but I probably filter at a lower level, in a sense, probably take more information on um, rather than less. Have you got people at the hospital that are just available to just pass on information that you can bring back and double check and stuff like that as well? Well, it's fascinating, actually. They've they've created a whole lot of groups for handling um, stress (laughs) in health professionals. Um, So a lot of companies have sort of stepped up and decided that this is a business that they can um, develop now that pandemics are going on for those that are actually working at the front line, which makes me smile, but, you know... (laughs) Very entrepreneurial. (laughs) How about um, things that you do? Have you got techniques or tips you do to actually, when you do encounter quite a bit of information coming through and getting stressed, are there things that you do, uh, like Kathy, you talked about, you take it to God. Um, Are there other things you do, or would that be similar for everyone? I think sometimes we, we do have questions, so we can take it. We do. I, I'm a bit like Kathy. I talk a lot to God. You know, it's just a lot of my thinking process is actually conversation, and I think that's just, just the way maybe I'm wired. Um, it's always conversations. But then if I do have a nagging question, then it's like we have technology at our fingertips, and so we can actually go and find some facts or some answers not opinions or whatever, and you can then just build a picture or, as Aaron said, just put something in your foundation and go, ah, oh, when that gets bombarded at me, I can go, nah, you know, I'll cross that off my list because that's either the world's fear trying to be driven into us or something like that. So sometimes knowing and understanding a bit actually makes you have a foundation that you can go back to. So... There is God, but sometimes we actually need to understand the situation, either the COVID situation, or you know, we, we need to be yeah informed. So to me, don't not get informed if you have questions. Um, for me, I think I try and separate things into like things I can control and things I can't control, and yeah, just um, being really like intentional about not dwelling on things that actually are out of my control. Like I remember when the first um, lockdown got announced and it was quite like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're living in a world where this is about to happen. Um, I was like obviously not thrilled about the prospect of being trapped at home with two small children for like an unknown amount of time. Um, But, you know, once that all wore off, I was just like, okay, let's just focus on, like, what can I actually control here? Like, we can get out every day, we can go and, like, have an adventure without our normal things, like kindy and play centre, and um, and it'll actually be fun, and just, like, being able to, yeah, focus on those things that are within your control and tell yourself the truth, I guess, tell yourself, um, 
the reality rather than just getting overwhelmed and like spiraling, letting your thoughts spiral. Um, yeah, I think that's helpful. I think the, the truth thing is really important about the reality. Like I've got a few scriptures that have always kind of held me fast and whenever anything comes up, I kind of line things up to it a bit like a, you know, like what I know of God and what I know of how he's worked and so what I'm facing now, you know, what has changed um, and sort of use it to sort of align where I'm at. Yeah. Can you think of any of the scriptures that you do use? <laughs> Yeah, um, like I've got, for years and years, since I've been a really new Christian, I had this scripture about, I remember just one time, I live obviously up on a hill and I look out across the valley and there's hills around me, and I remember just that scripture about, you know, I look into the hills, from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth, and just lots of scriptures around those kinds of lines about how, you know, God is present, he's always wanting to help us, he's huge, he's able uh, it's possible, you know, things like that. I've got heaps of scriptures around that. And I often find when I'm struggling, when I look back after you sent me a text and I look back on what was common in the difficult times that I'd had, really difficult times, and what had been common and what had helped me. And the first thing I thought was often when I'm struggling, it's because I've forgotten how big God is. And what always kind of brings me back is recognising who he actually is and how big he is, you know, and there's scriptures about, you know, like with his right hand he spread out the heavens and things like that. And you think about, wow. And when I'm outside, I love outside because that always reminds me of I feel quite close to God in nature. And when I do that, it just settles my spirit because I think this is a huge God. And although this is big for me, it's not big for him. And the other thing that I noticed is whenever I'm really struggling and I can't seem to, I lose my peace, it's because... Not only have I forgotten how big he is, but I've got my circumstances have got much bigger and my desires and agenda has kind of taken over. And it's like when I lay that at his feet again and see God for who he is, then it starts to come into line, really. It's for me. Yeah. Yeah. um, I've I've got a verse that I've always kind of clung to, um, and it's come to me, or you who are are heavy wet. who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And I love the message version. In fact, I've said it here a number of times. Uh, We have it on our wall in the lounge and I spend a lot of time just standing, looking at it, reminding myself of where to be centred and solid Um, because it's it's, you're right, our our hope comes from God. Um, How about you guys? What sort of verses stand out to you guys? Do you have any that are your favourites, your go-tos or...? Um, I guess there are a lot come to mind, um, but and I guess it's sort of how you think of God, like Kathy has said. Um, you know, the Bible says that He will keep in perfect peace those whose um, mind is fixed on Him. For example, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, that's how I think about God as well. Um, one of uh, <clears throat> a Christian um, a person who's doing a ministry out of the Coromandel has been writing this little series um, called A More Christ-Like Apocalypse. Because I guess um, 
something that people are thinking about and comes to the Christian's mind and all that's going on is things like end times and that sort of um, stuff. And, and um, he was writing about how, you know, when Christ was saying this is what the end's going to be like, um, that, you know, people will be married and given in marriage. Um, and, and it wasn't really Christ's um, big big thing that he was worried about, even something as scary as that, that he was still um, gentle and humble. Um, he was still um, uh, exuding the fruits of the Spirit, and that's um, where our focus is to be, um, as Anna said, and the things that we can't control. Um, what we, what can we control? Well, am I becoming more loving? Um, am, I, am I more peaceful? Um, am I being more gentle? Is that what's coming out of me? Is is this news that I'm reading building up gentleness in me, or is it doing something else? If it's doing something else, maybe that's not helpful. Um, yeah, so that's an answers. See, any of you find it interesting, like you look at issues and the response of the church to issues, how many are finding that interesting, the different expressions and, and people that are rising up commentating on issues and using the Bible to back their stance? Um, any thoughts around that? Find it interesting? You don't need one of the, mentioning um, anyone or anything, but... But it's just interesting times. I'm finding it fascinating. Yeah, what I find interesting is I, there's a number of Christian leaders in the States, worship leaders, um, um, ex-pastors, um, authors, authors of, of a book that we've kind of um, spoken about here many years ago, who have left their faith because of they can't handle the stuff that's out there. And the word they use is their faith is they've deconstructed their faith, and they've kind of found arguments to to walk away, you know. And what, um, the 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 kind of overriding thing that I've found with with as I've read their stories and their blogs and tried to understand them is that their faith has kind of been limited, if you like, just to believing in Jesus and that He died for their sins, and. When push came to shove, that wasn't sufficient to hold them in the real difficult times of when the, of the even the pandemic, as one of them was um, mentioning in his blog. And I think that we have to have a faith. I know that we have to have a faith that goes beyond our personal salvation. And and it's there's a. Psalm, you asked me about a verse before, but Psalm 112 has always meant a lot to me. It's a marvellous passage, really, but it starts off by saying the characteristics of those who fear God or have a, or have a, a revere for the eternal. You know, that's, a, I think, a phrase that the message has. When you revere the eternal, it has all these characteristics of a, of a person who lives in such a way. And one of the characteristics, I think it's six or seven, um, it says he is not. He does not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen, because he has settled in his mind that the eternal God will take care of him. And I think that's really important. Um, remember that is kind of before the resurrection. So here's the psalmist who's saying that the eternal God will take care of us when we commit to him 
and acknowledge who he is, you know. I think that's true, so true, because the thing is if you don't understand that God is sovereign over everything, that he's huge, absolutely huge, if your view of God is really small, then circumstances look out of control and terrifying, whereas um, they're not. I mean, even though I don't understand half the things that are going on, but, you know, God is still God. He hasn't changed. Yeah. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. You know, and that's what we've got to stand on. Yeah. Yeah. And like I say, I love reading scriptures because I was just reading some stuff in the Old Testament recently, and I thought, you know, we often read the Old Testament and think, oh, we'd never do what the people who went through the waters and went into the, you know, were waiting to go into the promised land. We'd never be like that. If, if it was us, you know, we'd be, we'd never be like, um, you know, Peter denying Jesus if we were there. We wouldn't do this. And I thought, actually, we would. We're exactly the same. We're as frail as they were. We are today, you know. And it's, it's grace that actually holds us. God's grace hanging on to him. I um, woke up this morning and opened up my Bible and, and the first verse to greet me there was out of Deuteronomy. It is the Lord your God you must follow and him you must revere. Keep his commandments, obey him, serve him, hold fast to him. And I thought, wow, it was like a slap across the face. First thing when I woke up and I thought, that's exactly what I need to hear today. You know, it's great. Um, that's that's where it's kind of at. You know, it's uh, we rest in Him, and He's got it. Um. And one of those beautiful metaphors in the scriptures is that of the tree planted by streams of water. Right, yeah. the promise that those who meditate on what the Lord has yeah. said um, will hold firm. And in Jeremiah, the same illustration um, says. Just looked it up this morning that. Um, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that streams, that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So I'm really encouraged by, um, you know, as in Deuteronomy, Moses said to the people that um, today I set before you blessings and curses and the promises that we have um, as we stand on the on the bless, uh, sorry, the promise that we have if we live in um, God's way and after Him is that we get to live in the blessing of God and the protection and um, yeah, I totally believe that. Yeah. How many of you find when you're encountering these issues, based on your past experiences that you've gone through with God and the fact that He's been your light and He's managed to get you through, then you know that in this situation. It's all going to be okay. Definitely. But it's not without wrestling. Certainly don't want to mean that, you know, you wake up in the middle of a dramatic or traumatic or difficult situation and go, oh, I believe in God. He's sovereign. That's fine. Of course you struggle. Of course you hurt. Of course you go through all of the, the journey as you process it. But as you cry out to him and as you kind of remind yourself of, you know, he's been there before, he's everlasting, he hasn't changed, you know, the circumstances are new, I've never been here before, but he hasn't changed, and that's who I'm relying on, yeah. then peace comes. But there is always a struggle, because we're human, and we've got our own agendas, and we've got, you know, our own desires, and often they're not what we, perhaps what we're wanting. Yeah. Um, 
Um, yeah, and I was reading this morning in um, from Oswald Chambers. He was talking about obedience, and um, I think it's it's kind of the same. Like um, for me. Um, when I think about, you know, when I'm in a stressful time or something huge is going on, I think back to the times when something was happening and I was obedient and, you know, stuck with God and trusted in him. And then when you do the same again, you can watch your obedience and your faith grow. Um, and then, yeah, it just continues like that. Yeah. Um, I also think that there's a whole lot of opportunities that we're being invited to consider um, that the ways that we have always done things um, kind of are showing themselves up to be idols in some sorts of ways. So I guess an easy example is um, our love of uh, the Western sort of individualistic thing. And so um, for the first time in my life at least, there is a call on everybody to act um, on behalf of the vulnerable um, i.e. we're all doing lockdowns and that sort of thing because there are a certain, type, a certain uh, part of the population that are quite vulnerable to disease and so, well, we all are in a way. Um, and, and some people are bucking at the first ever um, need to do that and so I think about that myself. I, it, like, great, like, I don't want to wear a mask is my attitude um, but then I kind of, it invites me to go, well, how come? Like, what's going on there? Um, and, it, you know... I think that that's just one example of many opportunities that we're being invited to um, to consider that we wouldn't otherwise be. I think um, uh, um, Prime Minister Ardern, when at the very start of the first lockdown, when she said uh, talked about being kind to one another, I actually thought that was a fantastic thing. Um, I was, and, and I noticed it was interesting going out for a drive around during the first lockdown and seeing, um, you know, you'd stop and give to people where normally you'd race by them or, and you waved at everyone you, you saw. Um, it's interesting how quickly we're kind of getting away from that as we head back into normality that, you know, honking at people and, and you see it on the roads, you know. There are, I think the roads tend to be our indicator of, of how wound up we are at times. <laughs> how do you guys find it? Do, with the whole um, kindness thing and that you... I think, uh, you know, these new phrases coined about, um, was it lockdown... Um, weary or um, I forget there's, a, there's some terminology that's come around it and I think there is a bit of that uh, because I think the experience of everyone is totally different for some it's you know been a huge financial crisis uh, for some they've lost jobs they've you know lost opportunities and I, I think it's a huge challenge for um, you know people to think of Christians, it's an opportunity, I agree with Aaron, to, you know, go deeper and um, try and, um, you know, allow God to work in you so that you can exhibit his love and kindness to others. Uh, But all of the things that God works in our lives come with a bit of a cost. (laughs) They're all sacrificial and they all deal to our selfish nature. So that's quite hard. So, um, and sometimes you see non-Christians doing that better than I get challenged at work thinking, you know they're doing better than I am in some of those areas, just in the way that they're handling other people. So, yeah, it's really good, really good. Have you guys got any um, 
kind of closing thoughts or advice to people around things that you think are important um, going forward in navigating all that comes at at us, how to stay centred and solid. Um, One thing that I was going to mention, it kind of answers your question, but um, just something to add, that we have found um, really special and, um, I guess, valuable during this whole time has been um, implementing a bit more of a Sabbath, like just kind of slowing down our pace of life and having a day where we sort of just rest and spend time together and um, be thankful to God and... um, focus on him a bit more than we usually would. I've um, never really thought to do that as intentionally as we're doing it at the moment, Um, and that's been really cool and um, something that I would recommend to anyone. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, This is just something that might be helpful, that when you asked me, I just thought this could be good. Um, Because I know that myself, like... uh, if if I, if I left to its own devices, my mind's quite good at overthinking things, and I might um, just kind of whir away at issues or whatever um, quite a lot. And um, I recently heard um, this uh, good test to um, know whether I'm overthinking or not. Um, and so that test was: Am I going over the same um, material again without coming to any new information or any new conclusions? So um, that's been helpful to me um, in the barrage of things is um, just to go hang on like I'm just thinking about that again um, and I actually have you know I've got I've wrung every drop of something out I could out of that so um, I can just leave that alone and think about something else so if people need a test I found that one really helpful many years ago when I was a new Christian there used to be this guy um, who spoke at this fellowship for a few times called Marcus Arden And one of the things he told me as a new Christian was don't let the things you don't understand spoil what you do. And I've found that's really helpful. That's really good. I think it's been mentioned a couple of times in the conversation is that our God is so big and nothing that's going on in this world, he doesn't know, he knew about it. And also... The Bible said this sort of stuff's going to be, this is normal, that this is normal life. Just because we haven't had it in our generation or that sort of thing, it doesn't mean it hasn't come before. Um, so just realising that actually this this is human life and we just, it's new for us, but it's not new for God and it's actually not new, a lot of this is not new for the world. So, and God knows that. So, coming back to, so God hasn't changed, so his word hasn't changed, so my focus still should be the things he's asked us, to you know, care for our neighbours, to care for our families. So those things are still are to be our priorities. Um, and the other stuff is just, will continue around us. Mm. That's good. Mm. You got any last things you want to say, Trevor? Oh, well, um... I think I, I think I said it last last week. Talked about hope um, yeah. that the future and the hope that we're promised, um, and that the Christian, the hope is really looking back to the resurrection, enabling us to look forward. You know, mm. I think that's really important because 
hope is always whatever we hold, whatever we're hanging on to is our hope. You know? And when when Jesus said that at the end of Matthew seven, when he talked about building your house, the parable of building a house on the sand or on the rock, um, he was kind of a summation of the previous five, you know, five chapter or three chapters, but. The building a house on a rock is the rock is immovable. It's 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 not. There are two types of rock in the New Testament. One is Petra, which is immovable, and the other is Petros, which is a stone or a boulder you can throw or move away. And that that kind of translation for rock is used in Revelation, where people said, you know, I want to hide in the boulders, but they can be moved. But when God says, when Jesus says, build your house on the rock. That's right. It can't be moved, you know. And so when we're looking at everything that involves life, all the principles, all the characteristics of who we are and what we attain to be, we're told that if, we, if we're engaged, if we're hooked, if we're committed to the rock, that it's where we should be and that's where life will be solid and secure. That's great. Well, thank you very much for being willing to come up and sit here and talk about these issues and uh, finding our way forward, um, centred and solid. So uh, how many have found that helpful? Yeah? That's great. How about we give them a big clap? Thank you so much, everyone. You know, um, the Bible talks about later on in the New in the New Testament. It talks about um, it's not it's not talking about today, obviously, because it was written a few thousand years ago. But it's talking about people that allow themselves to be tossed around by every wind of doctrine, um, by the cunningness of man, and uh, it seems to me that some of that. Um, some of that thinking can have crossover to the kind of situations we find ourselves in today where where we can be overwhelmed by these situations and, and obviously the panel's just discussed that. I love what Trevor said about um, Petros and uh, when we are on the rock, we're founded and we're centred. And, and I find um, when I bring it back to God, it doesn't matter what's happening in my world. And, and I'm not talking about, um, I, I don't think I have a very challenging sort of lot as a pastor, but as a police officer, I, I had more challenges. You know, there were things that would go on that sometimes would break you uh, quite severely and take weeks to work through. They were quite, you know, disturbing at times. But when I brought it back to Christ, when I brought it back to God and brought it back and I brought my questions to him, I brought my concerns to him and I discussed it with him and I and I just allowed time. I didn't make rash judgments, but I, I just, I've become a bit of a ponderer when I'm confronted with things. I'll just take it to God and not make any decisions and just wait long enough and just see what he drops into my spirit 
and just ha- see how he changes my heart and my mind and sometimes things that seem like such a big issue when I give them to God for a couple of days aren't such an issue anymore and uh, I find that's the wiggle room that God has to uh, work with me and change my heart and that so we're I think any situation that we find ourselves confronted with, when we bring it into God's light and we just think and consider how does it line up with what the Bible says? How, do, how does it line up with the way Jesus behaved? This is one thing I use. I, I bring stuff back when I, when I hear pastors make statements or churches do things or whatever. I bring it back and I say, how did Jesus do it? Like, did he, did he behave that way? Did he treat others that way? Did he talk to people like that, that way? And I find that really keeps me on track with how I should respond rather than how others respond in that, um, to issues and that. So I just leave that with you to just go away and think about um, as we navigate this stuff. Um, I love the fact we're in a great church, that we love each other, we look out for one another. We work hard to um, keep an eye on everyone and, and, and identify if, if someone's not doing well and needs some help. Um, and the challenge is we just need to keep doing that and, and reaching out beyond our church to help others that also are struggling in that. Uh, so there's something we can focus on this week, isn't it? We can reach out to people who need a hand. Uh, a little bit more and throw a lifeline from God and Jesus to them, reach into their world and be a light in their, in their world that points the way back to God. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I'll pray and I'll hand back to the band. But Father, I thank you for this amazing bunch of people who love you. And you know, uh, every single one of us, you put us together. You created us, you shaped us, you know uh, our personalities, our minds, our challenges, our strengths. And I pray that you make us effective for you as we go out this week. I pray for worries, things that worry us, things, uh, doubts that we may carry, that you'll uh, bring those into the light, that you'll speak to those doubts, you'll speak to those worries, you'll silence them. You'll help us to work through situations that, uh, that we just need to journey through. There's no other way. And I pray you'll bring us closer to you, make us more effective for you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Let's stand together and sing.